Good evening. Today is Tuesday, February 8th, and we are studying the big books of Alcoholics Anonymous. This week's chapter is Into Action, and our speaker tonight is Melissa G. Thank you, Melissa. Hi, I'm Melissa G. Um, I'm just going to start with a little prayer. Um, higher power, please help free me from worry and fear and get out of my selfish insecurity that I'm not enough and let me be open to hear what I need to say from you to be useful to others. Thy will not mine be done. And then I'm gonna put on my higher power backpack to stay with me. And I always imagine my backpack as like a clear backpack that you take to like, like a basketball game or something. I don't know why it's like see-through, like you can see all my flaws, but my higher power is always there. Okay, so I'm not gonna go too much into um, how it was because I wanna get to this week's step. But I will say I've been in and out of the program, the rooms for 12 years. Um, I've only been recovered the past year and a half. So that's a bit of a discrepancy. Um, I'm a binge eater and I love to feel full. If I had a food thought and it wouldn't go away, um, I'd have to go get that food. And then another thought would come and I'd have to get that food. And it was never ending. Um, I would turn off my Life360 on my phone so my family couldn't see where I was going. I kept a spoon in my car so I could eat pints of ice cream in the parking lot and then throw out the trash in the public trash can. I thought it was genius. Um, I would keep car cookies in my glove compartment to hold me over from one place to another. So I definitely belong here. If you wanna hear more of my story, call me another time. Um, anyway, I'm here to talk about step six. We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. So I'm Melissa G, I'm a binge eater, but my compulsive overeating was not a disease about my food. It's a disease about my thinking, which is a good lead into step six because that's all about my thinking, me, me, me. And actually I was just asked last week to speak for today um, on step six. And I was like, ooh, I'm excited about this. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> I will say the step six prayer. Dear God, I am ready for your help in removing from me the defects of character, which I now realize are obstacles to my recovery. Help me to continue being honest with myself and guide me towards spiritual and mental health. And in the big book, the speaker yesterday was saying that basically on page 76, it's just one small paragraph. And I'm not even gonna read it because um, she read it yesterday, but that's it. It's one small paragraph of step six. So. When I was working um, the steps out of the big book in the past, it was just a quick reading, read the paragraph, and then basically saying as it's written in the OA 12 and 12, who among us wouldn't want to have all our problems miraculously removed once we've identified them? Say, go ahead, God, I'm entirely ready, and then swear off the old self-destructive behaviors only to find ourselves right back in their grip. Saying we're entirely ready and being entirely ready are two very different things. Uh, we have no idea what we would do without them because we've never known how to cope with life any other way. Um, often we feel less interesting as human beings without some of our defects. So this way didn't work for me personally. And this last time um, that I went through the 12 steps with my sponsor the year and a half ago, she had me read in the AA 12 and 12 and the OA 12 and 12 and do more work and really digging in deeper into what my character defects were and finding the opposite and asking, how would my higher power have me be? It was a game changer. 
um, when I was first working the steps, I had such fear and anger that I just couldn't let go of that. My sponsor finally said to me, if you were able to let your higher power in to help you put down your food, because that definitely was not for me. Like, I know I didn't do that. She said, would you be willing to let your higher power remove your character defects if you surrender? Um, and then on page 66 in the AA 12 and 12, it talks about when I become willing to clean the house and then ask a higher power to give me release with my obsession to drink vanished. It was lifted right out of me. Well, mine wasn't lifting right out of me, but I did know that the night before I started working with her, I was hiding and binging and eating my kids candy that I bought them as a treat. And I wanted to stop so desperately and I couldn't put it down on my own. But when I finally surrendered to step one and the food was down, that was not me. So in step six, I need to let go and remove my defects. So if I agree to stop doing those things, I need to start practicing life without them. I need a new practice, like I needed a new food plan in step one. So there's no chance for higher power to remove my obsession over food until I made the willingness to allow my higher power to enter. I needed to take a lot of action. I had good third nutritionist before and get a safe food plan and talk to a sponsor about eliminating my trigger foods. So like that in step one, I needed to practice my, what well, my defects of character, I needed a behavior plan because life gets lifey and I needed to plan how to live it and let my higher power in. So I'm gonna tell you a story now that just happened to me on Friday. So Friday afternoon, um, after school, I went to the gynecologist for my routine checkup and all was going well. They did my breast exam. They talked about menopause and the years were coming and all the exciting good stuff. And then they did the pelvic exam. And like, as the gynecologist suck her finger at me, she kind of had like a weird looking facial expression. And she just said to me, you need to get dressed and we need to go do an ultrasound. Um, so I got dressed and I'm like, huh, that's weird. And then she said, well, the ultrasound tech left for the day. Um, so we're just going to have to wait and I'll call back on Monday. So of course, at this point, I'm thinking, what's going on? I'm here for a routine checkup. She had this funny look when she felt my cervix. And suddenly I had a thought and it wasn't for food or whiskey. This was my first higher power spotting for me. It was, hey, do you mind if I call David, who's my ex, who happens to be a radiologist and sometimes works in this area? And she was really kind and waited while I called him, which he answered right away, which is my second higher power spotting because he never answers the phone right away. And then he told me, yes, he actually was working in town that day, which is like my third higher power. Like this was like all like knocking. And yes, they could try to stay open late for me to come over. Um, but where was I then? And where was it in relation to him? Because they needed to close. And it was like where her office was and where he was, was five minutes away. And then that was my fourth higher power spotting. Like all of these things were happening. So my gynecologist was super kind and she gave me her cell phone number to call her. And she sent over our fax for the ultrasound scripts. And we had to wait a bit and they were really kind to me and they were getting all my information and staying late. And then, um, the tech was kind and the, the, the main manager was super nice. I'm like, okay, higher power, thank you. So finally I get in the room and as soon as she pushes on my stomach, she like, you know, like the warm wand. And I was like, huh, that's a little funny when she's pushing on that. And of course my first thought is like, is there any way it's just like a big poop? 
You're like, maybe I'm constipated. Maybe this is all for nothing, you know? And she laughed and I laughed. And then after she did that, she did like the ultrasound inside. And like, I could tell, like she was looking for a while. And then I was like, huh, she doesn't seem pleased with her angles. So I wasn't letting fear in yet. This was like happening too fast. And then afterward, David came into the room where I was to go over the results. And I just looked at his face and I'm like, okay. And he's like, well, it's not really what I was hoping to see. It's about 10 centimeters large and it's covering your uterus and we can only see one ovary and it looks like this big fibroid, but it has different features. So now my defect of fear is like sitting on my shoulder. But for some reason I said, well, is there any way it's a baby? Like it looks like a baby when you look on the screen on the ultrasound. And this would be a miracle because I'm gay and there's no way it could be a baby. Like that wasn't gonna happen. But that was my first reaction. Anyway, um, we called my doctor. She said, I'm gonna need a pelvic MRI with contrast and then see an oncology gynecologist surgeon. And like at this point, like my fear is like surrounding me. Like I'm steeped in it like a tea bag and I can't let that get in the way of my recovery because this is scary. This is all like very scary, very quickly. And I always thought like if I found out some scary news, like I'd be back in the corner of the room in a fetal position crying with my bags of candy and boxes of junk surrounding me. But like, this is a miracle of this program is that's not where I am right now. I'm taking care of things. I needed to trust in my higher power that things are gonna go my way because the tumor's there. So the tumor's either nothing and trust that with my higher power, or it doesn't go away and trust that everything's going to be okay. And so I'm going to ask, like, what would God have me be or do? I'm going to trust the people. I'm going to trust the doctors. I'm going to trust that my wife is supportive and my family is supportive. And I'm going to um, figure out whatever the outcome is, no matter what. My gynecologist has been amazing. She's quick, her response, she's giving me her cell phone number. I've got the script for the ultrasound. Higher power gave me an intuitive thought to call David who was working a mile away so I didn't have to wait a whole week just to see what this was. And now I need to take intentional actions. I need to do the next step and the next step and the next step and find good skilled doctors who know how to read an MRI and get good images and trust the doctors and do what needs to be done. And if I don't feel like I trust someone to know, I'm going to find another person and be diligent and not just Thank you. I already have called, I, which is me, like, I can't believe this is not me. This is my higher power backpack. And I have called, I scheduled my MRI, it's for this Thursday. I, um, called two doctors already that are surgeons that are oncology oncologists to have appointments ready so that when they do see whatever it is i can talk to them about removing it i'm still sponsoring i'm still teaching during the day i'm not a raging lunatic taking my family down around me with my fear and anxiety and worry i don't have to do that anymore i'm still scared but it's just a better way to live my life not steeped in my fear and higher power doesn't have any guarantees. Like, I'm not a believer that God does good and bad to people. God's here to hold on to my fears and support me, no matter what the outcome, because shit's going to happen to everyone. So if I just simply like open my hands and my heart and my mind, and I say to my higher power, here it is, this defect of fear, I give it to you, please remove it from me. And then I'm useful and I'm humble and I trust 
And what would you have me be? And then this is so weird. At that moment, I get like a whisper to call my sister. And my sister is tough as nails. And sometimes I wish she wouldn't be because I'm pretty mushy and I get my feelings hurt a lot from her. But I know this was the time and the person who I needed to call to be my, my rock and support on the drive home from the ultrasound to my house. Because I love my wife, but I'm going to have to worry that she's worrying about me. And if I call my mom, I'm going to have to worry that she's worrying and she worries in anger and control. So the thought to call Jamie popped into my head. And she just gets shit done. And she says what needs to be said, Matt, like Matt, excuse me, <laughs> I'm cursing. She says things matter of factly. When I gave birth to my daughter 20 years ago, she came down from New Jersey to Virginia after having her own baby that was seven weeks old to be in the delivery room with me. And I wanted to kick my own husband out of the room because he was driving me crazy. And she already offered, she was the first person I called Friday. She already offered to come down if I need to get surgery to be here with me if I need to get it removed. And it's funny because as I was thinking about this and writing, like my higher power is really showing me like how much I can count on my sister because sometimes I really felt like upset that I felt like she didn't do or act how I expected her to be. Like I wanted her to come to the beach with our family so we could all be together. And I wanted her to come to Maryland when I went to Maryland to visit my mom and our families would be together. And she didn't, that's what was best for her. But I was just thinking of what was best for me and my selfish wants. And really not until today when I was thinking about her, like I had to let that go, like working my problem of what I wanted her to be. And here she is totally showing up and suiting up for me and saying she'll fly if I need to get surgery. Anyway, I can't let the fear control me and worry about the possible scenarios. This may just be simply taking out this large ass tumor in my stomach, which now I'm like, how did I not see you? But also don't look at myself or touch myself. I have body image issues. So I just thought I'd been constipated. I don't know. I can't go down the rabbit hole of fear. I need to live a day at a time, each moment at a time and not try to imagine my future horrors. Because anytime I think I know better and listen to the stories and believe my stories, I tell myself, it's all lies because I don't know what will happen. My recovery is not my abstinence. My recovery is alive and thriving. It's through my contact with other people. And as I've heard often from another fellow, that's what activates my higher power, helping others, being useful, not being paralyzed by fear. I don't wanna be a prisoner of it. I call people and not talk about myself. I walked the halls today at my school and I kind of popped into teachers' rooms and I was just checking in on them. And they'd say, how are you? And in my head, I'm like, you have no idea, but I didn't say it. I was just asking how they were. I answer phone calls from fellows. And when they call, I don't say, I'm too upset to talk to you. I'm in the corner crying, I'm of service. And that's what gets oxygen for me. When I do that, my higher power can embrace me and keep me safe. And I don't give my fear the equal time. They're just my false emotions appearing real. And I don't wanna go down that fear road and I'm not gonna let it breathe. So where's my trust and reliance in God? Maybe it was in the best interest that they found the tumor. Thank you, God. Maybe it's in my best interest that they take it out. Thank you, God. What's my next action? It can't be fear-based. Hopefully all will be well this time, but we're human beings and it feels insensitive to say, and I hope it's nothing, but at some point it will be something because we're finite people on this earthly plane. And I need to ask for the strength and the resources to see through whatever comes my way. Do I trust higher power has me? Higher power was able to give me neutrality around food, which I never thought would happen. 
then shouldn't I think higher power will be able to take care of my other issues? I did a ton of fear inventories during this and made so many phone calls about how other people would take this through their fear inventory. And I watch and listen how God continues to show me more and reveal more with me. Jamie told me she was, I told her Friday on Saturday, she met a friend. She's new. She moved to Florida and she's met a new friend. And she said her friend was telling her how she had this huge mass on her stomach and she had a, her uterus and everything was taken out and all of these things. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so weird. Like this is what's like, it was just things that were kind of letting me know, like, you're not the only one and things can be okay. And I was like, wow. Okay. So higher power is making me aware of this things I can't control. It's giving me people. I have resources. I mean, my ex-husband's a radiologist. He got me in like that. I already have appointments for surgeries, for MRIs. Yes, I'm scared of this. I get claustrophobic. That's another panic I'm going to have to do now tomorrow and Thursday, <laughs> getting contrast and, and talking through that. But I mean, what else am I going to do? I always thought pre-programmed, what else am I going to do? I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to eat till I can't do anything else. And I'm not doing that. And that is not me. That is clearly higher power because this is not how I respond to things alone. This is how me and my higher power respond to things. So fear, thank you, higher power for another opportunity and growth. This is spiritual growth, which involves discomfort. Outgrowing something else. It begins to get uncomfortable and then I grow. You know, and at first I was just like, what this? And then I was just like, you know what? Everybody's going to have something. This is your something. And how are you going to deal with it? And I am going to suit up and show up and I'm going to take my stuff and get it done. And I have a whole other part, but I don't feel like talking about that right now because it's just about the fear. So now I'm going to take my screen and take it off of Amy, which I was staring at the whole time and see all your beautiful faces because <laughs> I was too nervous to look at anyone else. Um, how much time did I have left, Melissa? You've got three minutes left. Okay. Um, let me just take a quick look at my notes here then. Uh, I had some good things about gossiping. That's a good one. I'm going to try not to do that one. That's a whole new spiel I got here. I could save that for another time. Um, I'll end it with this. <sighs> on the page 57 on the OA 12 and 12, I'm powerless to rid myself of this trait. I can't, but God can, and I'll let God take it. A willingness to change is the essence of step six. We will become wiser, saner, more effective people as we recover from the disease of compulsive overeating, compulsive eating. We'll find we can cope with both good times and bad, learning and growing spiritually from each experience as our higher power intended us to do all along. Damn, Melissa with the trifecta. That was powerful. Thank you so much, Melissa, for your service. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask that you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine if you're on the phone, and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. 
Would the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up? Thanks, Melissa. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. All right, so let's get some questions. All right, so first up will be Angela G. Go ahead, Angela, you've got three minutes. Hey everyone, I am Angela. I am a gratefully recovered compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, so wonderful hearing you, Melissa. Um, I love that there's at least three Melissas here. I wasn't keeping track, but there's at least three. Um, thank you to everybody doing service tonight. Uh, it was so wonderful hearing your share. Melissa, you keep bouncing around. Where are you? Where, there you are. Okay. Um, so uh, it was wonderful hearing your share and so much of whatever you share, I always relate to. And you're one of the few people that I still haven't talked to, I think on the phone. And, um, but uh, anyway, I just so relate to, um, you know, so many things that you said tonight, uh, mostly uh, the, the piece about fear, you know, um, I'm watching myself also go through some things and they are fear-based right now and it's uncomfortable. And my default is to go into like high drive control, uh, just plow through, right? Just plow through and just figure it out. And I just keep, you know, allowing for space. That's what I heard you say, right? We allow for space. We allow for something else to come in. Um, false evidence appearing real. Like, I love that. Love that. Love that. Um, and, you know, this idea that like sometimes, and it sounds really weird to even say this, but sometimes I feel like I'm a fly on the wall watching me do, so do stuff. Like I'm doing things so differently that it, it's, it can't be me, right? Like something else is, you know, driving it and something else is guiding it. And, uh, and it's, it's my higher power, right? It's my higher power that I've asked to come in and to support me and to help me and to show me that there's another way to do things, right? Like it doesn't have to be so hard anymore, right? I made it hard, you know? I just forced solutions everywhere. And uh, to allow for another way and to allow like this kindness, you know, to kind of open up and, and, and let let the process be kinder, you know, move through my day in a kinder way uh, and have an open heart. Uh, I just, I just hear such beautiful recovery. I didn't know you, I mean, you know, I also have a year and a half and I didn't, you know, I didn't know you beforehand, but like, I so relate to, you know, so many things that you said and shared. So I thank you so much for your vulnerability, your courage your strength tonight and sharing that all with us. So beautiful, thank you. Thank you, Angela. Next up, we've got Amy B. Go ahead, Amy. Hi, Amy B, um, compulsive overeater, living very gratefully in a recovered state today. Thank you to all the Melissa's. Um, welcome to everyone new to this meeting. Um, welcome to everyone here tonight. Um, Melissa G, you honored us this evening. Um, I am so inspired by your program, by your program, by your connection, by your work, by your entire psychic change and your testimony. 
I love you. I'm so grateful for you. This was beautiful tonight. Thank you. I pass. Did we lose all of these tech issues? Yes, just about. Sorry. Thank you so much, Amy. Next up, we've got Francesca. Hi, everyone. I'm Francesca, a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater and bulimic. Um, yeah, I, I just want like my feelings of to just be like sent over in some like energy thing because it's just like. <gasps> Melissa, that just was so wonderful. Um, you know, I heard you share last week about the thing with Target and the stool and this, and I related so much. Like I was a kleptomaniac since I was a small child. And I've in that what you shared that then the next day, like your sponsor or your someone, uh, anyways. But so I heard that today too when you were saying higher power spotting, and I love that. Like, oh, higher power spotting, higher power spotting and having a higher power backpack and also like fear as this thing that you're not going to let in, like that you don't have to let in. And then fear gets to be our friend, like, because it's like, oh, which, which way do I go? And it's like, it, it gets to be right size. And in the 12 and 12, I love how they talk a lot about like instincts and in, um, you know, step six, like this, um, nature and God abhor suicide and like that sort of these instincts and in, in step three too, like this thing about instincts in, in um, the 12 and 12, like if my instincts are in me, like then I didn't put them there, you know, so that if I have a transformation, they can be for good. And, um, and that tuning in when we talked about like a life plan, yeah, like gossip, I mean, before the program, I just like, I lied all the time. I gossiped, I, I, you know, cheap intimacy, like be my friend. Like I stole, I just like, and then people were like, oh, you're a good person. And I, every night, like I had to binge because I'd be like, I'm a monster. Like if only they knew, you know, but I was steeped in self. And so now it's just like, oh, if I'm steeped in fear, like I can just, you know, I, I can see that. And um, I was um, encouraged by a fellow um, I had picked up the food about, um, oh, today's three weeks. Oh my God. Like that's what you said too, about like that you were on the phone with your sponsor and the day before, like you were eating, you know, like the day, like I was eating, you know, just how you all know, like just wanting to die. And so like, if I am not doing that right in this moment, then, you know, thinking like, oh, well, anything about the past, like, well, I relapsed a million times or I didn't, th then like, I don't know how that's happening, you know, and my skin just felt like it was crawling, you know, and inside out and every day just not. So then, but that brings me here. And like, I say like, oh, I'm grateful to be here. And I heard someone say that and I called her once and I was like, how? And she was like, just start saying it and you'll see. Um, and today I met with a therapist, which was a total like other higher power thing. And I was so like, Ugh, I don't want to talk to her. Three like, minutes. Oh, thank you. Um, and she mentioned this book that a fellow mentioned, the higher power spotting, boom, boom, boom. But anyways, yes, I get to be gratefully here because if it wasn't killing me, then I wouldn't be here. And then I'd still be lying and doing all those stuff and life would be, 
So thank you so much, Melissa, and everyone in this group. Sorry, I'm going over. Everyone's just been so grateful texting me every day, like every day, the past three weeks I've connected with someone and it's a miracle that I'm abstinent and here. So I, I, I just love you all, which, yeah, I just love you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Francesca. So glad you're here. Next up, we've got Erin B. Go ahead. Thank you. Hi, I'm Erin, um, recovered compulsive overeater in Chicago. Um, Melissa, that was so, gosh, I'm also just so inspired. And I loved, I don't, I was just thinking about, I loved that you, I've never heard it like higher power spotting and I see it in two ways. I don't know. No, I love it because I thought of it in two ways, like spotting, like I see him at work and then maybe because I'm watching cheer on Netflix, I'm thinking of like when, when you spot someone like in gymnastics, like, and so I feel like it works both ways. Like, especially step six, that works because like, we're up in the air, we're the flyer. Do you guys watch cheer? You were the flyer girls, we're on top of the pyramid. And if we fall and our defects come, then God spots us. So I just really, it's my new favorite analogy. Um, but you know, I'm, and you're just so, I mean, the inspiration to have fear around those, or to, to have courage in the face of fear and faith in the face of fear around like really big things like medical things, that is, that I can't imagine how, the, the amount of faith that that takes, like I'm just thinking of things that are so less like severe that I struggle with fear. And, and as of, you know, as of today, an hour ago, I had to talk to my sponsor about a food that's taking up brain space that I've been like resisting, putting down all of that. Still, I have these things that come up and um, I have this, um, I have this sign in my living room. I've told some of you guys about it. It's Jesus bending down with a huge teddy bear behind his back. And this little little girl with a teddy, a tiny teddy bear, and she's saying, "But I love it, God." And he's saying, "Just trust me." Like we can't see what he has behind once we give up that thing that we're holding on to. And so when I say steps one through three in my head in the morning, and I'm praying, I literally, <laughs> because this is how it is. I I picture myself as that little girl, and instead of a teddy bear, I'm hold I'm holding a box of frozen waffles because that's what I'm not putting down right now. I'm holding egos, you know, ego waffles in my hand. And he's like, I have a bigger life for you. Will you give me the waffles? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, trust me on this. And so just the, I don't know, I just, I'm very inspired. And, um, you know, another fear, like I've been, my dream in my heart is like to live in the mountains and be able to hike and like do nature and have it be a lifestyle instead of this big vacation that I have to plan. And I have so much fear. I'll look at Zillow, you know, I could go on and on and on about it, but like the reminder is that my job is to work the steps and work my program and to seek just to seek him right through self-service and sacrifice. And then like, he makes a way when there's no way. And I always think about traffic. Like if I'm stuck in this traffic jam, and then you think this is going to take an hour to get home. And all of a sudden you have no idea what happened, but this car moved that way. And this car moved that way. Like all these little things happen. And all of a sudden you have a clear road in front of you. That's how I picture God. Like he can do that when we surrender, you know, our fear to him. Um, and then I love that you said he's already done the impossible because I never That's would have time. thought thanks, my food issue would be relieved. And so I need to remember what a miracle it is and that he can do so much more. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks so much, Erin. Next up, we've got Melissa P. 
Hi everyone, Melissa P, recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Um, Melissa, my babe. So my son at the beginning of the pandemic was four and we found a tumor in his stomach and I'm an infertility mom. Like the image that you use of being like steeped like tea in fear is basically like where I've lived my life for almost 38 years. Um, and I am just honored to be here with you in that space of love with whatever anyone here's higher power looks like, right? Because like we're the lifeboat. And I remember being at Children's Hospital in Buffalo where years previous, I would have been selecting food off of a DoorDash menu and stuffing my face into an embarrassing oblivion while Noah was getting his tumor taken out. What was I doing? I was texting you. And I was texting faces on the screen and going to the bathroom and, and like washing my hands and, and praying and just like the turning it over on repeat and right. Like it's spotting all throughout my day. Now it's, where do I see you? Where do I see you, God? Where do I feel you? Is it a sunrise? Is it a light that turns green? Is it something like an ex-husband that like happens to answer the phone, you know, like, and you just say, thank you. So I don't know. I, I just, I have a million things that I want to say right now, but I just, we love you so much and your higher power loves you even more. And there is something beautiful at work and you're right. Life gets lifey sometimes. So whatever that looks like, we're here and we love you. So thank you. Thank you, Melissa P. Next up, we will have Lita. Sorry, pressing all the buttons. Hi, Lita, compulsive overeater. Melissa, 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 so glad I had the opportunity to chat with you for a minute. The other day, um, your talk, so, so emotional, so vulnerable, and yet, so cogent and so together and I think that truly what I felt as you shared tonight and that the thing that came into my head was practicing these principles in all our affairs you are the embodiment of this program that in the midst of just all kinds of turbulent medical stuff to which most any of us in some case are not going to be any strangers. I mean, you get older and just weird, weird shit goes on and it just happens. But the fact that you could put all of this in order and in the midst of all of this and talking to me about this and said, yeah, and by the way, I'll also be sharing Tuesday night. And I thought, like, she doesn't have anything else going on in her world. But in the midst of all of this, and on top of it, like the cherry on the Sunday is that, oh, yeah, and I just fit the service in as well, because that's just what you do. You are inspiring. You rock my world. 
And I am so humbled to be on this screen with you. I'm so grateful that my computer finally let me in because technology is stupid. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lita. We will now stop the recording for unrecorded questions.